You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and uh, today uh, we're over Skype, uh, as per usual. So I'm joined by Matt. How are you, Matt? I'm doing good. How are you, Neil? Doing well. Your internet is down, I believe, so you have some people coming out to fix it. Yeah, an entire week of quarantine with no internet or cable. It's been wonderful. And Good what, God. What have you been doing to keep yourself sane? Uh, sleeping. About 16 hours a day. <laughs> there you go. That's... Like a turtle. Yeah. I can only laugh yeah. because I've been sleeping 12 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> that has reinserted himself into the Matrix. <laughs> Well, uh, the other members of our team, I don't believe, are currently comatose. That would be uh, Ken and Jeff. How are you? I'm here. What's up? I don't know if you don't know I'm not comatose. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, Yeah, who could tell the difference? To thine own self be comatose, right, Jeff? Is that philosophy? Uh, Yes, I believe that is what the Lord said in Psalms 24-7. Oh, good. Well, uh, (laughs) how... Well, uh, after all of that about uh, sleeping and whatnot, uh, we're joined by two very special guests, our podcast sisters, Julianne Lauren Woo! from the Misinformation Podcast. How are hey! you? Hey! Hey, hey guys! In the house! This is crazy. We're all, we all in rented... Our, in our respective houses, well, I was away from say, each other. We rented a, a, an Airbnb, and we're all in different rooms. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> As per usual, like we do every year. We had to find a, a, a centralized location, so we're all currently recording from Akron, Ohio. Ugh, it's terrible here, you guys. <laughs> There's nothing to do. That's Ohio, what a company dump. retreats, though. <laughs> yes, it is. It is the best company retreat we could we could all have uh, put together. Mm-hmm. It's the only one we could afford. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's new in your world? What are you guys up to? Oh man, you know, staying safe and healthy. Yeah, we're There's both that. working from home. Yeah. Which for museum work is uh not exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're always You're wearing lucky white that gloves. We can right? do some work from home. Let's yes, just say exactly. that. Absolutely. Yes, that's true. That is very good. And and uh, you're both wearing white gloves currently. You're holding different mm-hmm. they seem like artifacts, but it could just be Absolutely. a cup a cup of coffee. I'm not sure. It's um, it's like everything in the house. You know, we try to keep our skills up, you mm-hmm. know, object handling skills. So I'll gently like cradle a sugar bowl throughout the house for like eight hours a day. 
you know? And every Friday you rearrange all of the art on the wall. All the art in the house. I've already put labels. Yep. I put labels on everything. Um, You know, I've moved on from the art to now the furniture, our knickknacks. You can't sit on anything. It's really, it's really putting a damper on on my life. (laughs) It's like uh, athletes when they're on the off season. You have to stay two feet away from all the walls too, right? Yes. You can't lean. No leaning. No flash photography. No flash photography. Wait, so that, really that kills my though. side business. Am I right? Hey, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Matt, uh, that reminds me of when we worked at Starbucks. Wasn't that our manager's uh, credo was if, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Heard Which, that quite a bit. Yeah. Sounds like a fun person. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever, yeah, whoever invented that phrase is in the bad place for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, that was our that was our mantra. It was if uh, the same person comes every day, orders the one same item they always order, make sure to always upsell the uh, the new product because you know they're going to buy it one day, which they never do. <laughs> and you get yelled Man, at. Man, corporate life is uh, soul crushing, huh, guys? Fifteen years of it. Yeah. That's why I quit my job. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Oh yeah, how you doing, Ken? <laughs> uh, I'm unemployed. <laughs> 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 and how many hours a day are you sleeping? Um, actually, only seven or eight. Yeah, uh, I live a pretty normal life. This is this is a life designed for me, basically. <laughs> if I could, if I could go out, all of us. if I could go out and visit my friends, this would actually be perfect for me. <laughs> Plus, the day after the quarantine came down, I think I texted Julie and I was like, "Oh no, Ken!" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, my, life no, got, my life did get screwed up a little bit, oh, but uh, we can go into that later. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to bring it up. Glad you were sleeping well. Okay. I, you know, I, live, right? I, with, I live with the reality that my life was ruined 24 seven. So don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Relax. But he, no, but, 16, seven. You're sleeping eight hours a night. This is my character. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Garfield. Yep, that's right. And he's jacked right now too. You don't see it, audience, but Ken is <gasps> is jacked. He's probably, he's, he's stayed as, swole. I'm so jealous. He is as big. <laughs> oh, thank you. He's I appreciate as, that. As big I have as, been working uh, out every day. Yeah, jacked <laughs> nihilist Garfield. That's there, there that's you our go. Ken. Yes. I, can I get that as a manga? <laughs> jack nihilist Garfield. Well, Ken looks as big as Dutch from the movie Commando, if you're familiar, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's pretty big. Wow. Mm, wow. I think and that's an arm. exaggeration, but okay. <laughs> whatever we say here is true that's all, that's what we know uh well we came together today um like we said we're in akron ohio we're in an airbnb uh someone had a cat here so i've been sneezing a lot but we've tried cleaning as much as we could uh but we've all brought questions um to just play a game for fun a very casual game because right now uh you know who needs um order right i mean we just want to yeah we just want to relax and have fun and enjoy each other's company from different rooms and i don't know what mm-hmm. else to say about it Love it. I'm, we're excited. Yeah, well, I, I am too. I'm just happy to be talking to someone. Right? It's always fun when we get together, though. It, it is. is. So let's, uh, let's not toss it to the rules, guys, since we threw the rule book out the window here. That's true. We, that? we threw the rule book out the window. We put our badge on the desk. We handed in our gun. We're called you, you a, a, a loose cannon. <laughs> I was going to say, you think I gave back my gun? It's quarantine. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're vigilantes no now. Um, mm-hmm. we've, we've, uh, slept long enough, uh, to become the villain or whatever that quote is from Batman. That poor rules guy needs work and here we are we're taking it away from him. Yeah. What well, a shame. we'll still pay him. Yeah. Yeah. Just oh. uh, under contract. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. He's warming the bench right now. 
exactly. so let's see. So I wrote a swing round, uh, so I won't go first. But uh, if we went sort of a normal format, uh, we would need five questions here. So who would like to go first? Anyone? I'll, I'll go first. Ken's going to go first. Awesome. Uh, all right. So, all right. So basically, uh, these questions are for whoever generally. But I wrote my questions based on what's been keeping me occupied during quarantine, right? Nice. So uh, nice. this this first question is for Neil first. I'd, I'd like to see what Neil says about this. Okay. Um, it's about Lord of the Rings because uh, <laughs> I've been reading the Silmarillion and watching the Lord of the Rings, right? Wow, so, bless you. The sword that is wielded by Frodo and Bilbo in the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, like many swords in the series, has a name. When Frodo stabs an orc with it, he might just leave it sticking in there for a while. What is the name of his sword? <laughs> You said Jeff just loses it. It's <laughs> great. Uh, okay, so you said it's a sword that Frodo and and Frodo who else? and Bilbo. Oh, and Bilbo. Oh, Bilbo's the you old one, right? Those people are. Um, okay, and what was your clue? You stick it in and leave it in. Uh, I I don't know if this is right, but by that logic, you would probably want a sword called Sting. Yes, Neil's uh, right. It is Sting. Okay. Did you get it solely from the clue? Just from the clue. I, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> nice job. Nice okay. job. Good Thank job, you. Neil. Thank you. I'm going to hold on to this uh, to this victory for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two. I've been uh, practicing a lot of guitar, uh, keeping my amp pretty low as to not annoy the neighbors. What is the name? used for the guitar tuning that involves lowering the sixth string one full step. This tuning or some variation of it is widely used in metal. Oh. And I use it quite a bit too. I know it, but I'll let someone else guess if they don't. I'm trying to make eye contact with Lauren Julia made a for face the screen. Like, she's like, oh yeah, you know. No, I... Obviously. <laughs> and, and for a second I was like, oh, I got this. And then no, I do, I do not. I, I think I was thinking of something else at the time. It's great because you could play anything and it sounds super metal when you do it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know it. John, 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 John. Wow. Oh my God. That was such a good impression. Were you just playing the guitar? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Wow. Your your mouth does a great guitar impression. It's better than my, uh, my real guitar impression. <laughs> You're the pentatonics of podcasts. I, I could not even begin to think of a possible guess i'm gonna say diminished fifth okay, well, i don't even know if that's like, a thing so I don't think, listen i actually think that is what uh you called fifth harmony after one of the members left yeah. oh hey oh that's good thank you or when your brother drinks a, a handle of jack daniels and <laughs> fills it up with water which julia is very covered very familiar with uh matt what do you think oh it's so it's uh very similar to when, you know, my little sister, when she was a kid, she fumbled the big jug of orange juice and we said it was a drop D. <laughs> so I was close D. is what you're saying. Drop D, yeah. Dropped. All right, I'm going to write this yeah, down. You would, you would uh, tune the E down to a D so everything sounds uh, chunky and scary. Yep. Drop D. Don't a lot yeah, of so rock then, bands uh, use that too? Like, What's that? A lot of rock bands use that too, right? Because I've heard that from like yeah. Weezer or like Nirvana and stuff. They sometimes. can, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and the top, cool. the top three strings are D A D, and then you can play basically a bar chord just straight down with on any fret. So it's really easy to kind of change hmm. chords. All right. So uh, 
I've also uh, started watching The Good Place. Unfortunately, I can't find the uh, fourth season anywhere to watch right now, so I'm just kind of waiting for that to hit uh, <laughs> streaming. But in the TV show The Good Place, the neighborhood is initially completely littered with uh, shops selling what? Okay, dessert treat. <laughs> this is my favorite show on television, so yeah. I know it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. All right, so it sounds like the ladies and Jeff know this one. Matt and Neil, any guesses here? I do know this one as well, but I've I've answered a question, so I will I will <laughs> defer. Okay, well I I watched this relatively recently, but I don't particularly rem- remember. But I think it's frozen yogurt. I'm just going to say frozen yogurt. Nice. Yeah. Like I feel like you should be able to get froyo on any corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he says something like, "Isn't this just the perfect human food? Take something amazing and make it less awesome, or something <laughs> yeah. like that, so that you can eat more of it." So you exactly. can eat more of it. That's right. Yep, mm-hmm. it's yeah. frozen yogurt. My favorite flavors are fully charged cell phone battery mm. and um, feminism. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the next thing I've been doing that uh, probably takes up the most amount of time is playing uh, Final Fantasy games. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Matt's there with me too, right? Yeah, I played about sixty hours into that remake. Yeah, I got I got a bunch of the old ones on uh, my Xbox, and it has a speed up uh, function, so you could play them in like half the time, but it still takes like twenty five hours or so. So, but it significantly improves the game. But anyways, uh, regarding Final Fantasy. Ludacris's fantasy was an elaborate piece of romantic literature. Part of his fantasy involved getting you on the 50-yard line of a pro sports stadium where a college team called the Panthers also played. Unfortunately for Luda, it seems this part of the fantasy won't come true as it was imploded in 2017. What is the name of that stadium? No, this one for sure. Uh, that question, can I tell you, you took me on a journey. <laughs> I, I went on a full, I was like, Final Fantasy. Okay, ludicrous. All right. What? Football? Yeah. Yep, it's technically a sports uh, question. You're right. There was a big ludicrous Nelly debate last night on Twitter. Ludicrous crushed Nelly. So. Well, yeah, Nelly Very couldn't get his way. internet working. It was hilarious. The memes going around. Was yeah. So funny. Uh, but yeah, I know this one. Does anyone else know this one? Because I, I used to love uh, pumping this song through the old stereo system, if you know what I mean. I did have a JVC Kaboom box. <laughs> I did. I literally did. And I would put this song through it. Yeah. Wearing your lugs. Yeah, you're, there you go. You're giving it to him now, Neil? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, from your head to your toes. Yep. <laughs> This is deeply uncomfortable. You know, I'll let you answer. <laughs> well, uh, initially, I was going to make this this question more sexual, but I think I, <laughs> I hit the mark uh, right on the head there. So, yeah. oh, Ken, you're really going to like one of my questions then. All right, great. Jeff, do you know this one? Uh, I have a guess, but I don't know this one for sure. And it's just based on what I know about Ludacris. Who knew what? he knew anything about Ludacris? Well, I'm so, pretty sure he's out of Atlanta, so my guess would be I know that uh, the old they don't play in the old Georgia Dome anymore or whatever because now they've moved to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So I would guess it was where the Falcons used to play, but that would be the only thing I can think of, which would be the old Georgia Dome. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the Georgia Dome on the 50-yard line where the Dirty Birds kick for free. Uh, and if you mm-hmm. like it in the club, we can do it in the DJ booth or in the back of the VIP. The, there you go. Or the VIP. Yeah. There you go. It's the Georgia <laughs> Dome. Good job. All right. What? So we'll... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fisher? Uh, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Next time we are able to all meet again in person and do a karaoke event, I fully expect that Ludacris will be. <laughs> please, please. Oh, my God. We will fly. We will drive to Chicago to do this. I'd, I'd like to see Neil do back to back his like his like very professional crooner voice. Yeah. And, then, yeah, and then Ludacris back to back. <laughs> I'll do it. That'd yeah. be fabulous. I got to work it on really that sh- one. It really shows your range. Really yeah. shows off your range. Oh, thank you. I, that's what I try. I try to do that. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, for my last question, uh, you guys mentioned it earlier, but I've been trying to stay active during this quarantine. And uh, part of that involves uh, doing yoga like every two days. So uh, yoga poses. Which one of the, these did I make up? So I'm going to read uh, several yoga poses. You just let me know which one's fake. The happy baby. The corpse. The Destroyer of the Universe, Wild Thing, Indignant Hippo, and Super Soldier. Only one of those is a fake yoga pose. (laughs) (laughs) Only one of those is a fake yoga pose? That's right. Was one of them Indignant Hippo? Yes. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) That's a good band name for sure. (laughs) Well, Happy Baby is real. Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. And... Corpse pose is my favorite of them. It's, all. The, it's the best yoga pose. You're I've been doing a lot of fish on the ground flat. Yeah. I nice. too uh, can have been doing a lot of yoga lately. So I'm with you on that. But um, I felt like I was going to get this until you got to like the last three. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I've done any of these. I feel like destroyer of the universe and super soldier are both because yoga is all about peace, right? Mm hmm. Um, so I feel like, well, although there's warrior, <laughs> there's a warrior one and yeah. warrior two. <laughs> well, there's a warrior. Could there be a super soldier too? They feel like they'd be the same and super soldiers from, uh, Marvel. That yeah. Be- I feel like that's a, that's like a video game or comic book or well, that something. Was the, something. The super soldier serum is what they give Captain America. Also ah. known as, uh, Chris Evans, white blood cells. Mm-hmm. Or CGI in reverse. Yeah, right. I it's I'm I, mm, I'm gonna say destroyer of the universe. Okay. Any other guesses? I'm gonna guess that wild thing. I think like. it's I think it's super soldier. Okay. Man, it's all across the board. I don't know. I think yeah. destroyer of the universe is uh, a uh, trick, but I, I think it's real because I, I think it's got to do with like you know um, Vishnu or or one. I'm not sure which one of the gods is the angry one but um is not the one where you fart in hot yoga yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's destroyer of the, the class <laughs> of the that's studio the, that that's yeah that's when you you don't want to uh you want to social distance in your yoga class um mm. yeah I, i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with wild thing as well okay with Julia. nobody guessed indignant hippo i don't think it's right but i'm gonna go with it Jeff is the only one that's right. I made up mm. indignant hippo. Wow, <laughs> man, I got to get back into practice. <laughs> yeah, so most, and learn all these crazy ones. 
Super Soldier and Destroyer of the Universe are insane looking. Um, feel free to look them up. Um, Wild Thing's not too crazy. Corpse and Happy Baby are, like you said, mm-hmm. Corpse is just laying there and Happy Baby is you lay on your back and grab your feet and pull your legs in. So there you go. An indignant hippo is nothing. Oh, my God. I'm looking at Destroyer of the Universe. That doesn't seem possible. Oh, yep. wow. Yeah, that's that's rough. It's basically a triangle pose with your leg behind your head. Oh, that's Easy. their leg. I didn't see their leg behind their head. Yeah. That's impressive. Oh, my God. I hate that. No. Easy peasy. Yeah, no kidding. That'll do it for my uh, questions here. Who's next? Julie, you wrote... Um, I wrote the final. Uh, Julia wrote the final, so okay. I can go next. LT is next. LT is next. All right. So um, my questions don't really have much in common besides just like things that I thought of. <laughs> so things from Lauren's brain. All right. Question number one. Uh, one of the most popular celebrity fragrances of the early 90s was this one, quote unquote, created by Elizabeth Taylor with top notes of bergamot, neroli, lily and orange and heart notes of violet, jasmine, rose, lang lang, narcissus and Egyptian tuberose. Elizabeth starred in the iconic commercials where she dropped her earring on the table of a group of men playing poker and stated, these have always brought me luck. What is this Liz appropriate perfume name? I think I know this one. I'm going to back out for now and see if the other guys know it. I felt like Neil would have an idea here. Yeah, I used to talk about this with uh, my mom. We used to watch commercials together, so I think I know it. I think I've seen like a like a spoof of this or something like that. Oh, um, probably. Yeah. There was like a Thirty Rock bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh uh, yeah, well, yeah. There what was. A, what about one of her? It's Liz appropriate. So what about one of her? Uh, one of her roles, like uh, Cleopatra. I think it has to do with something with the earrings. I, or diamonds or something coming to me, but I don't know. Diamonds. Yeah, I know nothing about this, so I am no help. I also think it's like eternal or something like that. I don't know. The only the only perfume from that era I could even think of is Calvin Klein's Obsession, and I know it's not right. So, what was Britney Spears's perfume? Did she have one? She has several. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> was it one like candy, yeah. or maybe that's wrong? It fantasy. Fantasy. Oh, that's fantasy. probably right. Yeah. And then there was circus. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you smelled like a carny. Yep. Where you smelled like a carny <laughs> popcorn and sweat. Right. Yeah. Hey. Hey. It's just hey for some reason. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that's where you sleep. I have notes of hay. That's my new perfume. It's called Boxcar. Um, I think <laughs> I think Jeff was close. I, I think it's white diamonds. That would be my guess. Okay. I also think it's white diamonds. I, I think it's white diamonds now that everyone else said it. So yes. Matt. just stealing answers okay the answer is in fact white diamonds uh so little information because we're misinformation taylor personally supervised the creation and production of each of the 11 fragrances marketed in her name there's also like red rubies and blue Mm. sapphires um according to biographers she earned more money through the fragrance collection than during her entire acting career and upon her death it was estimated that the majority of her estimated 600 million to 1 billion estate consisted of revenue from perfumes wow also, she yeah. was very well known for her jewelry collection. Oh, yes, of course. An incredible jewelry collection. Um, she would I know always have all the men she married to give her diamonds. All I know about perfume comes from that uh, like kind of dirty movie that came out in the 2010s. Perfume. Yeah, perfume. Yeah. 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 Steve the only read the book and loved it. Seen, 
uh, what, what was the? That's the only <laughs> movie some... you've ever seen is Perfume. Yeah, no, no, no. There's some like. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really watch movies, but I did. All see film perfume. references are just from Perfume. I did see Perfume. Yes. It's like detective, we got a guy in the tank. He says he's only seen the movie Perfume. He's a real nutcase. <laughs> Lock him up. Lock him up. You'd, ha- you'd have to be. That movie is a little crazy. <laughs> it's messed up it's and intense. I, I only read the spoilers like i read the wikipedia page for it and i was like this is not this is not for me and i'm kind of i'm a ghoulish bitch was it the so... orgy <laughs> ken and i watched it it was it was pretty good actually because yeah, you're sick i want that anyway. to be your screen name lauren on on xbox i want that to be your screen name on xbox ghoulish bitch ghoulish bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's true okay question number two speaking of ghoulish this american contemporary artist has been living the high-rise life in the new york city art scene for years working in andy warhol's factory in the 80s and striking up a friendship with jean-michel basquiat he is also currently cozy with celebrities who are fans of his psychological cubist style including kanye west who had this artist design several album covers for my beautiful dark twisted fantasy who is this artist who probably owns not rents i think i might know this yeah i can't remember the name i know i know yeah this has come up before i know exactly who you're talking about i just i don't know the name you know what i think i'm wrong because he he probably there's um Japanese artist that he worked with for a couple album covers, but I think you're talking about the other album covers yeah. that weren't from that guy. No, I know who you're talking about, and I can't remember his name, but he does like panda bears and smileys and Murakami. like X's over the eyes. Murakami, yep. Yeah, he did college dropout, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, late registration. So, uh, with that eliminated, I don't know. <laughs> and for that reason, I am out. For that reason, I'm out. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm going to have to tap on this one. I'm really curious because I know I've seen the art. I know what it is. I just don't know the name. I did give some hints to his name in the mm-hmm. question. Oh, Own not rent. Oh. Uh, that's going to be the famous artist, Peter Von Mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've been dying to own a Peter Von Mortgage my whole life. His work is so evocative. You know what I mean? But you have to pay in installments. Can you own a Von Mortgage? Yeah. 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 Do you ever really own a Von Mortgage? Yeah, that's true. It owns you, frankly. You're just leasing a creation of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, you guys give up? Does anybody have a I don't know, Lauren. All right. We all give up. This is George Kondo. Really? Wow. Yeah. So at, I, and I say this selfishly because we have a George Kondo at the Memorial Art Gallery where I work. It's called The Clown. Uh, you can look it up. And uh, our public hates it. it. They hate it. We get so many letters from people who are like, I am deeply offended that this painting is up. It. And it's not like it's not offensive in terms of like it's not dirty or you know obscene or anything it's just ugly like it's an ugly like clown with cigarettes in his ears and a woman's hands like coming around and like grasping him and he has little tiny baby teeth it's horrifying it's the worst so i hate it and i love it because people hate it so much um but yeah george condo's great um and also kind of a he's a hack too so anyway (laughs) great great and a hack yeah great and a hack um okay question number three 
one of my favorite musicals, don't tell anyone, is West Side Story, with lyrics by a young Stephen Sondheim and music by this infamous composer and conductor of the New York Philharmonic. Who is this prodigious and talented musician who you might know best as the only lyric you know in an 80s song? Uh, I'm going uh, uh, to... I was going to say I'm going to obscene, but that Upstain. is not right. <laughs> gonna obscene. I'm going to obscene, too, as well. Mm-hmm. I like to obscene. Right, I'm also going to obscene because I'm pretty sure I know it. <laughs> This painting to guess? is crazy, by the way. Um, it's me, right? I don't. Re- <laughs> yeah, I don't remember this one though. Is this is this uh, the uh, Leonard Bernstein? Is it the- is Leonard Bernstein. Yeah, that makes sense. Leonard Bernstein. He also did the score for On the Town and On the Waterfront. He is currently deceased. Okay. I think On all the right, Town he, had the George, New York. George, New York, George, George Kondo has a lot of clown paintings. Yeah, and I, hate I them look them up too, and they are terrifying. <laughs> Aren't they awful? Yeah, he's um, we uh, made the mistake or the great benefit to us of hanging that painting in our 17th century gallery. So it's next to a Dutch portrait of a gentleman with like a rough collar. So it was supposed to look like, you know, like then and now kind of thing. And people were just incandescent with rage about that being Mm -hmm. in the 17th century gallery, that it assaulted their senses on such a to such a great degree. But that's what's so great about art, right? That even now in modern times, I'm going to get on my soapbox, even now in modern times that there's still art like that is old fashioned art that a lot of people don't think is very important anymore, can still like kick up that those kind of feelings in people. Mm-hmm. And like, sounds like a lot of people are fainting uh, before the clown. Yeah, exactly. A lot of fainting or riots are like. This is why people like put you have acid. To sweep up a lot of monocles. Yes, a lot of monocles just snapping inside of eye sockets. There's a chaise lounge <laughs> for all the fainting. Yes, mm-hmm. we do have the a little couch. chaise lounge yeah. in there. Yeah, so that's why I like the condo. Anyway, question number four. Carmine is used as a food dye in many different products, such as juices, ice cream, yogurt, and candy, and as a dye in cosmetic products, such as eyeshadow and lipstick. Although principally a red dye, it's found in many foods that are shades of red, pink, and purple. It's a little controversial in some circles, not only because some people have allergic reactions to it, but because Carmine is made from what? Mm. Oh, I know this one. So do I. Yeah, Matt. Oh, yeah, I figured Ken <laughs> I would imagine know. Matt would know it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I am a big a big, big deal at my location of work. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe it's, it's from some sort of animal or like a bee or an actual animal. I don't know. Insect. I'm trying to think if it's something that vegans wouldn't like. Warmer. Hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. It's probably not from a flower. I don't think that would make anyone angry. Honeybee. Take a guess. I was going to say honeybee. I was pretty sure it was crushed up like bug carapaces or shells, but I couldn't remember. Exactly. Beetle shells. Beetle shells. Yeah, it's crushed up bugs. Uh, Specifically, they're called cochineal scale insects, which are parasitic and native to subtropical and tropical regions. And as you can imagine, using carmine is usually what causes most cosmetics and foods to not be vegan. They're very ugly and gross. Um, But yeah, it's it's technically not vegan. And so that's why a lot of like high end cosmetics use carmine because it's a really like deep, nice color. Um, I thought those uh, beetles were from Italy, actually. Uh, I think they 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 were first used in Italy. <laughs> I see. The carmine next to carmine. Saul. Yeah, I knew a carmine. <laughs> Dominic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were originally 
the Giuseppe. red in the strawberries and cream frappuccino. And that's that was one of the first big instances where people who were vegan were drinking and didn't realize that oh, it was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they, they changed the recipe. So that's that's why a lot of the a lot of the people places change recipes now is is cochineal is that n-e-a-l or n-e-i-l it's uh like like your name it's n-e-a-l oh, that's a shame okay <laughs> <laughs> you can tell people that that's what your parents name how your parents named you it's your after full, the your full your given full name. my full name is name. is cochineal fisher you're named after a cockroach a cockroach <laughs> mm-hmm. the old yeah <laughs> Don't search cochineal either because it didn't give me what I wanted right away. That's for sure. <laughs> it's uh, C-O-C-H-I-N-E-A-L. Uh, it's, with the, it's the H. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't put the K in there. You'll really... <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, do Please. not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll screw up your algorithm. All right. I got one more question. You ready? All right. This is, a, this is a, a movie TV question for you, for you boys. All right, question number five. This formidable actress, best known to millennials as the tough but loving Marilla Cuthbert in the Canadian TV films based on Anne of Green Gables, was an accomplished television and theater actress who was married to and divorced from George C. Scott twice and won two Tony Awards and four Emmys before her death in 1991. Who is this Canadian-American actress? Did she get divorced from George C. Scott because she kept fighting in the war room? Well, no, I was going to say he's probably he's probably yelling all the time. Um, yeah, he's an actor, man. Oh, I know. He's, he might he's... not be angry in real life. Apparently, he was. He was a real. D- <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to tap. Mm. Oh boy! Just based on you saying formidable, I'm just gonna guess that her last name is Strong. Ooh. I did not give a, a hint to her oh. name, and I'm sorry. I was. It was more her personality. I guess I was the only one who watched Anne of Green Gables as a child, which is why yeah. I ended up the way I am. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to give up. I'm not. I'm not too big on. Um, not that I don't watch it, Anne of Green Gables, but I don't know the <laughs> trivia there. It's all right. It's okay to admit that we don't watch Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I'm not gonna burst into tears. I promise. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll put you all out of your misery. It's Colleen Dewhurst. Mm. Colleen Dewhurst. What did she win Tonys for? Uh, some plays. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of theater. Some sort of theater. I'll look. I'll look it up. Some sort of theater thing. Um, she had uh like a beautiful, rich, deep, raspy voice um, and like the most incredible smile to like the day of her death. But she was a Christian scientist Mm. and she died of cervical cancer, um, which was very preventable. But being a Christian scientist, she did not um, go in for medical intervention. So Um, looks like Mm -hmm. she won best performance by featured actress in a play all the way home and best performance by a leading actress in a play, A Moon for the Misbegotten. So there you go. She's great. Also, those movies are wonderful. Oh, I've yes. never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, time, wah, time for wah. a Dewhurst marathon. Yeah, get a Dewhurst marathon. She's great. Did Romstein write a song about her? Probably. Mm, right? Dewhurst. It's good. <laughs> I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for the New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan. But nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, 
an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, all right, so the scores don't matter, so we don't know what, where we're at right now, but we know we're having fun. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go into the swing round, which I wrote today, uh, and it's sort of a relay, if you will. So um, I kind of made up this um, format, I suppose, for this 10 questions. So every answer has, uh, or excuse me, every question has five answers. But what we're going to do is we're going to pick an order right now, and I'm going to ask the question, and all of you have to answer in the order of your names that we pick. So you only get one guess. So if you get it, you can pass, then it goes to the next person, then the next question will start with that person, but you only get five guesses, and we'll see if we can get it, if that makes sense. So it'll no. start like, it'll be like, <laughs> Julia, it'll be like, you know, name the five members of the Rat Pack, and it'll be, Julia will say, Frank Sinatra, and then Lauren will say, um, Sam Davis Jr., et cetera. Um, okay. So let's see if we can do this. It'll be teamwork here. Um, so any particular order that you would like, or we can do it random? Let's go random. Yeah. All right, random. So um, we'll say, uh, we'll go Julia, Ken, Matt, Jeff, and Lauren. We'll okay. do that. Okay. All it's right. so random, Neil. It is random. It's so Raven. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Number one for everyone listening. Uh, so remember, all of these have five answers. Uh, we'll start and you only get one guess each uh, contestant. So we'll start with Julia. All right. The five sovereign states in the Nordic Council. Uh, I'll go Norway. Okay. Norway is correct. Then we go to Ken. Uh, Sweden. Sweden is correct. Go to Matt. Finland. Finland is correct. Go to Jeff. Iceland. Iceland is correct. And to Lauren to finish it out. Denmark. And that's all five. Yes, correct. Nice. Nice job. Yeah, good team. Good job, team. All right. Uh, Number two is going to be the Power Five Conferences in Collegiate Sports. Come on. Okay. Okay. The ACC. ACC is correct. What am I? Uh, what are we talking about? (laughs) Leave, leave some easy ones. I'll leave. I'll leave an easy one. No, don't. Don't. Let me flail. It, it's important. Is it me? Yeah, it is Ken. Yep. Big Ten. Big Ten is correct. On to Matt. Uh, the SEC. SEC is correct. On to Jeff. What are these letters? Ooh, I'm going to go uh, Pac-12. Pac-12 is correct. So there's one remaining, Lauren. This is... No, you're trolling. You're all trolling record, me. You all got on the, lo- the record, Lauren. Yeah. I, I have no idea what they're saying. Oh, I, I just guessed Big Ten because I hear people yapping about the Big Ten all the doesn't time. Doesn't the Pac-12 also have like 14 teams now? I forget how it is. The, the Big Ten yeah, the has Big Ten has 12. Teams. Yeah, that's right. And then the one that we haven't mentioned has two less than its name. 
Right. So, so far, Lauren, uh, we've said ACC, Big Ten, SEC, and Pac-12. So there's one left. The sexy seven, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, this feels like, this feels fake. <laughs> this feels like you all got on the call before I got on. <laughs> and we're like, ooh, you know what we should do? <laughs> so <laughs> to Lauren, I was going to, you know, as soon as you start, you asked that question, I was like, okay, Duke, uh, <laughs> roll tide, whatever that is, right? Um, uh, I'm going to go with eight feels like a good number. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Elite Eight. Unfortunately, not the Elite Eight. It is the Big 12. Damn it. The Big 12. Yes, I was so close. There's a Big 10 yeah, but, and a Big 12. It's confusing. The Big 12 has 10, and then the, the big, big 10 has 14. See, uh, the Pac-12 has 12. No, so. this isn't That's this is not a real thing. I'm sorry. I hate college sports. <laughs> The Big East was dissolved. It's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on. Where does the Mac fit was in? Dissolved. That's the only thing I know. Like Syracuse was in the Big East, right? Yeah. Uh, so Not anymore. Now what we're going to do, I guess. since I'm making these rules up as we go, uh, since Lauren got that incorrect, now Jeff will be the caboose and Lauren will be the, the per- first person to uh, to yeah. guess. Then it'll go Lauren and Julia. And cool. face Jeff. Okay. Uh, so all right. Taking it out on you. It's not your fault. So we're starting starting with Lauren for number three. Uh, the frequent inhabitants of the mystery machine. Oh, um, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is correct. Julia? Daphne. Daphne's correct. Ken? Shaggy. Shaggy's correct. Matt? Uh, Velma. Velma is correct. And Jeff? Oh, of course. I'm left at the square wearing an ascot. I said Fred. <laughs> Fred is correct. It's because you're wearing an ascot now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's a good coincidence. Yeah. Freddie Prince Jr., right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Zach Efron. His last major film role, right? Ooh, that probably. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't done a lot. He's been in a lot of Star Wars stuff. Um, Zach Efron is Fred in the new Scoob animated movie. It's uh, crazy that uh, Jeff's wearing the full Fred outfit, <laughs> except he's not wearing any pants whatsoever. <laughs> oh. It's quarantine, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta be comfortable. Uh, all right. So number four, uh, it's going to start again with Lauren. Uh, the five stages of grief uh, or Kubler Ross model. Um, ang- I'm going to go with anger. Anger's right. Julia? Denial. Denial's correct. Ken? Vengeance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, acceptance. Acceptance is correct. Uh, Matt? Bargaining. Bargaining nice. is correct. And Jess? Oh, and yet again, a perfect coincidence. This is the one I'm in. This is depression. Depression <laughs> is correct. Oh. <laughs> I'm doing great. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> no, guys, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Just the best he's ever been, and I'm at rock bottom over here. Oh, man. Yeah, actually, just I am kidding. I'm like sadly thriving. You're doing fine. I'm doing fine. You're doing just George fine. Kind of It'll fun. all work out. I'm doing better than many, so I'm I'm happy to be where I am. No, like all the people not out in public. This is my like best situation. I believe that's acceptance, right. Ken. That's where you're at. Yeah, there you I'm go. Acceptance. Way to bring it around, Matt. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. So number five. Speaking of uh, depression, um, we're going to start with LT again. Films in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Mm, no. Uh, okay. Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. That's correct, uh, Julian. Oh. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. That is correct. Ken? Dead Man's Chest. Dead Man's Chest is correct. 
Matt? Ugh. There's one, I think it's like something the end of the world or something, but I'm not 100% sure. So uh, at the edge of the world or something. You're close, close, but no cigar. Uh, Jeff? I believe that one's at world's end. At yeah. world's end is correct. We'll go back to LT for the last one. Oh, what? Uh-oh. Um, uh, I'm just going to go with Pirates of the Caribbean. Full stop. <laughs> uh, unfor- unfortunately not. No. Uh, Julia? <laughs> just pirates and stuff. I, it's one that like doesn't make sense. At, yeah, like, it I, is the I, last the one. I don't remember it, but like it doesn't make sense as a as a phrase, but I can't, but I can't bring it. All right. So we'll, we'll just tap here. So it is, I, I know it. Oh, I Ken know knows it. it. Ken know knows it. it. Yeah. The dead man tell no tales. Dead, dead men tell, tell no tales. tales. Yep. Okay. Mm. Yeah. We so said at right. world's end, I believe. Yeah. So, um, okay. So number six, uh, now we're going to start with Ken since he got that last one, right? Uh, it's the five Marx brothers. Harpo. Harpo. Okay. That is correct. Ken, Matt. Uh, I was going to say Carl, but I'll go Groucho. Groucho is correct. Jeff. Uh, I remember there was a Zeppo that came up on an episode a while back. So I'm going to say Zeppo marks. Zeppo is correct. LT. These ones are the hard ones. These two. I know. Um, is it Arlo? (laughs) (laughs) It's not Arlo. No. Like Arlo Guthrie. No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Julia. I'll take take Gummo. Gummo. Correct. Yep. And back to Ken. That's the, that's a deep one. Mm -hmm. Marky marks. Just Marky Mark. So we've got Groucho, Harpo, Gummo, Zeppo, and there's one more. Is it back to Ken? Yeah, back to Ken. Yep. I think it's Marco. No? Mm-mm. Marco? No? Nope. Um, so I'll give you guys this one. I, I remember it by uh, saying Mark's in the man because it's Chico in the man. It's Chico. Chico. Ah. All right. So we will start with Matt on the next number seven here. Um, the five main characters of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, D. D is correct. Jeff? You mean the bird? Uh, <laughs> uh, if he's going to go Deandra Reynolds, I will go her brother, Dennis Reynolds. Dennis is correct. LT? Is there someone named like Danny or something? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dan. The main character of Dan. Dan. He's so good. He's so funny. <laughs> Love that show. No, Danny. No Dan, unfortunately. No. No, Dan. Julia? Dan. Oh, let's think of Danny Oh, <laughs> damn, Daniel. Danny DeVito plays Frank Reynolds. Frank mm. is correct. Yep. Ken? Charlie. Charlie is correct. And one more, Matt? Oh, Mac. Mac. Mac is correct to round it out. Yep. His full name, Ronald McDonald. Oh, is that true? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great. They call him Mac for short. Uh, all right. Number eight, starting with Matt, the five boroughs of New York City. Brooklyn. Brooklyn's correct. Jeff? I'm going to go Queens. Queens is correct. LT? The Bronx. The Bronx, correct. Julia? Manhattan. Manhattan, correct. And Ken? You guys are killing me. Um, Come on. Your two favorite people are from there. Pete Davidson. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) what's the, they always joke on SNL because who's the guy marrying ScarJo? Colin Jost. Colin Jost. Colin Jost. He's also from this place. Long Island? Uh, incorrect. Close though, Matt. You're close. Staten Island. Staten, Staten Island is correct. Yes. Sing your song, LT. Uh, parking lot and garbage dump and parking lot and garbage dump and parking lot and garbage dump. Staten, Staten Island. Island. 
the jewel of New York mm-hmm. City. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right, starting with Matt, uh, so you got Staten Island number nine. Uh, give me the uh, Africa's Big Five, basically the five animals um, that big game hunters used to call the, the Big Five, but it's also used on safari. Okay, I'll we'll start with your favorite, the jaguar. Jaguar's incorrect, unfortunately, Matt. Oh, sorry. Because it's a panther, I know. That's Jeff? fine. Uh, I got to go elephant. Elephant I think is it's the one, biggest of them all. Is one, yep. LT? Uh, rhino. Rhino is one. Julia? Lion. Lion is one. Ken? Mm, giraffe. A giraffe is not one of them, no. Matt? The indignant hippopotamus. No hippo either. Wow. Jeff? Um, I think it's the water buffalo. That was one of the harder ones. Yep, water buffalo is correct. And LT for the last one. Of course. Um, is it like a... Mm, is it a two-toed ungulate? Is it like a... That's a solid solid ass question. I will say it it is a. uh, (laughs) It is a cat. It is not a jaguar. Oh, it's a cat? Yeah. Uh, A cheetah? Not a cheetah, although you'd think it would be a cheetah. And then Julia? Right. A leopard. Leopard, yep. Nice job, Jewel. Yep. Lion, rhino, leopard, water buffalo, elephant. All right. Water buffalo is hard. Yeah. That is Mm -hmm. the hardest one. I didn't even realize that that was, yeah, a thing. Um, all right, so the last one, number 10, uh, starting with Julia. The first five books of the Bible, or the, is it Pentateuch? Is that how you say that? Pentateuch. Pentateuch. The yeah. old Pentateuch. Um, I'll say Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is correct. Ken? Exodus. Exodus, correct. Matt? Genesis. Genesis, correct. Jeff? My favorite uh, so Sega. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Okay. I'll say Numbers. You answered four That's LT. all of them. But, yeah, uh, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the ones that had already been named. No, we still had Save two to go. Nope. No, still had Leviticus. Still had... Uh, I'm sorry. So Leviticus. Leviticus is correct. And, and uh, Jeff's favorite show, Numbers with the Three Backwards. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, those were the first five books of the Bible. Uh, so yeah. I forgot I forgot Jewel said Deuteronomy. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, good job, everyone. So that was the swing round. What a fun game. Nice. Yeah, game, yeah that's fun. That was great. It's trying to bring us together. All right. Well, who's next here? Goldberg, anyone? Matt? Let, let me wait because I have a guy in here fixing my internet right now and he should be done relatively okay. shortly. Okay. That sounds like the video uh, Jeff sent me a link for. Yeah, I'll go after Jeff. <laughs> okay. All right, Jeff, you're up. I would love to say that mine were inspired um, like Ken's by things I've been doing in quarantine, but I instead decided that I wanted to make stupid jokes. So uh, these are all based on stupid jokes I came up with. Um so the first one, uh, that's what she said. Uh, suck, squeeze, bang, and blow are the four parts of a four-stroke process. Four-stroke is one of the most common kinds of what engine? I mean, I think I know, but... Suck, squeeze, Bang stroke? and blow. Bang and blow. Okay. I mean, yeah, Jeff, that's, Jeff that's showed four me this strokes. step-by-step one time, so... They're very good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely close. Mm. Very close. I should listen more when Steve talks about engines. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, let me let me say this. How many kinds of engines can you name? Fire engine. <laughs> uh, Ken's that's fa- one. Ken's favorite I can movie, name, The I Mortal can name Engines. one kind of engine, so that's the one I'm going to say. The Mortal Engines, Ken? Mm. Oh, what a yeah, great film that engine. Ken never saw the last five minutes of. I, I have now. 
Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I, I finished it on a plane. Thank God. Planes. What are those again? Um, yeah. Lauren, I th- the only engine I can name is a combustion engine. Ooh, that's good. You should. We okay. Julie and I are working together. Next <laughs> <laughs> question. And I'm going to go with her answer. Yeah. Combustion. I concur. Yeah. I'm guessing internal combustion engine. Yeah, you are all correct. This is the internal combustion engine. So uh, they tend to be either two-stroke or four-stroke, and the four-stroke refers to the fact that um, it uh, uses intake, compression, uh, exhaust, and let's see. So the suck is intake, squeeze is compression, bang is explosion, and blow is the exhaust. But yeah, they're commonly called by that. So there's the two-stroke, the four-stroke, and the Billy Squire stroke, correct? That is correct. I love you, Neil. (laughs) All right. Question number two. The point on Antarctica furthest from the Southern Ocean is known as what? It isn't the South Pole. If you can visit, there's a rather prominent statue of Vladimir Lenin waiting to greet you. If you're struggling for this answer, remember how much you need it tonight. I can't I can't remember this, but I'm just going to say a sucky place for vacation. I have a guess based on Jeff's clue. I never would have gotten it without the clue. Ah, good. I thought Neil might get that. That's the only, I, I don't know if I should say it out loud to see if anyone else agrees, but. Uh, no, say it out loud. So Let's Need You it. Tonight makes me think of In Excess, mm-hmm. the song. So maybe it's In Excess. I don't know. I mean, Julia's our, our ge- uh, geography girl, and I don't think, at least you've never said anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't. Either been, over a bottle of wine, let me tell you about the statue of Lenin on Antarctica. I mean, we've talked about Stranger Things, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I don't think I even have a guess for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would just assume it was the South pole, but apparently mm-hmm. that is not correct. So no, it is uh, Neil picked up on the clue. It's the Southern pole of inaccessibility. Oh, ah. it's the furthest point from, uh, the Southern ocean at any point. Nice. Yep. Neat. So very, very clever, Neil. Good job. It was incorrect anyway, but it was close. No, I yeah. know. No, but you, you knew what I was getting at. You 60% close. there. You were close. I'm going to yeah. pretend I did. I'm pretend <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right. Now, next question of the round. If Jan's assistant in the office became more than her rumored baby daddy and excelled to being a master assistant, he might have what German nickname? He would share this nickname with a well-known dark brown liqueur. Yeah, I know this one, so I'll step aside. Okay, so I know her assistant's name. Mm-hmm. And then dot dot dot. I don't know the show. So, um, do you guys know any dark? Well, I'll give you a clue, Neil. The the assistant's name is Hunter. Yeah, Hunter. So if he became a master hunter in German, oh, it would be this foul tasting liquid. <laughs> <laughs> kind of tastes like licorice, right? I haven't had it. Oh, oh, uh-huh. Jägermeister. Is that right? That's what I think. Yeah, Jägermeister does taste like black licorice, if that's Gross. what it is. Yeah, Jägermeister. Jägerbomb. Yep, uh, if he was a master hunter, he would be a Jägermeister. So yeah, we said uh, it'd be a Jägermeister. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then if you... Sorry, that was a stupid... <laughs> I'm not even going <laughs> to... Say it. Uh, you can't... You can't... <laughs> say it. You can't giggle into the microphone and then not tell us... Say what you're... it. Uh, no, I was... <laughs> I... Let me just make sure my stupid reference is correct so I don't make a double dumb. Oh my God. It's not gonna yeah, I was just going to say anyway. if, if you were a cast member on the OC, you'd be a Leighton, Leighton Meester. But 
Okay. It's oh, stupid. yeah, that's good. Yeah. She wasn't on the OC, though. That was Gossip Girls. But she- <laughs> that's why I meant. Yeah, that's why I was trying to look it up. Yeah, yeah. I can see why you want to look it up. Yeah. yeah. I always mix her up with um, Heart of Dixie. Yeah, because they look yeah. exactly alike. Ra- uh, whatever. Oh, Rachel, Rachel Bilson. Bilson. Rachel Bilson, yeah. Rachel Bilson. Now oh, I know why uh, Neil was trying to pull the eject switch on that, uh, <laughs> that one. Because so. I, knew, I knew inside that it was wrong, the OC, and I was like, I'm not going to say it. But anyway... All right. Fourth question. Don Adams was the voice of what bumbling cartoon detective? He was likely tapped for the role because of his famous portrayal of a 1960s bumbling spy. I'm sad to say that Steve Carell, who was cast as the spy in a 2008 remake, did not get the nod to do voice work on the 2015 reboot of the cartoon. I know this one. Do you, do you guys know this one? My my initial guess, I don't know if it lines up with the with the rest of his question. So I have a guess that it's probably not right, but Inspector Gadget would be my. Ooh, that's good. See, I was going to say the only animated detective that I could possibly think of that also had a live action component was the Pink Panther. But that's not true. That's not right. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Julius. Again, Julius carrying me. We're going to go with Inspector Gadget. Yeah, I, I picked up some of the um, the Get Smart clues there, but I don't mm. know what what the answer is. Yeah, I think uh, Don Adams, he was uh, he was on Get Smart. He was Maxwell Smart, and I believe he also was Inspector Gadget. Yeah, so uh, Inspector Gadget had a yeah. 2015 reboot, um, and yep, they, Don Don Adams played uh, Maxwell Smart in the original casting um, oh, okay. of Get Smart, oh, and he also okay. did the voice work for Inspector Gadget. So. Mm. And I was oh. thinking of Matthew Broderick playing. Inspector yeah, Gadget. Oh, yeah, that's Stewart true. did it in number two. Yeah. Do you remember Gross. that movie? I remember when that came out. I was like, "Oh, this is yeah. gonna be great." I, I thought I still think I have all the McDonald's. Like you could get each piece, like his leg and his arm, and all. I think I have him fully assembled somewhere. <laughs> all right, fifth question: uh, If you walk into a guitar center, it's likely you're going to hear uh, one of any number of songs, such as "Smoke on the Water," "Stairway to Heaven," or which 2002 movie that co-starred Patrick Dempsey. Stairway to Heaven is actually banned at all guitar stores. You're not allowed to play it. This is this is a rom com, Neil. Oh, I know. Okay, I know what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that I'm like, there's no way, but then I was like, oh, it is a rock song. You're right. Okay. Is that uh, Reese Reese Witherspoon? Is that who's in this? Pigeon mm-hmm. Pigeon Creek. Yeah. Yeah. She might be. Oh, yeah. It's, I think it's I know not. It uh, it's not Legally Crazy born. Train. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes, the romantic yeah. comedy Crazy Train. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say uh, Sweet Home Alabama, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes, the Kid Rock classic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love to say that there's a movie called Freebird, but yes, no, this one is Sweet Home Alabama. Josh nice. Lucas. Yeah. yeah, what happened to Josh Lucas? He always Poor plays guy. the um, sort of the spineless um, kind of villain, not really, but like in-between villain for some reason. I've seen him in like six movies recently where he's just like the spineless guy. I don't know why. Yeah. Just a little scummy. Yeah, just a, like a evil, tiny bit just scummy. Little scummy. Yeah, like doing his job, but also like for the purposes of the story, he's bad. He he, and you know corners. what? He could have been an early Ryan Gosling. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got that classic all-American look. Yep. There's a lot of actors from that era. That are you talking about the look that a lot of people say I have? Yes, mean? absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've always said that to Julia. Thanks. Resting bitch face. Ken yeah. is. <laughs> Ken is like a, a young, bearded, dark-haired Ryan Gosling. Mm, very specific. 
fabulous. You might have just made his year. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt, it looks like you have the final five questions, uh, barring any uh, man in your room. Is someone still there or are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. He's still, my internet's still down. He's still working. I see a blinking red light, which usually means everything's okay. So we'll just, we'll move on from here. <laughs> all right. Question one. Early 20th century painter Henri Matisse was left bedbound later in life after surgery for abdominal cancer. This made traditional painting and sculpting too challenging for him. But after a quick consultation with Dave Coulier, he decided to switch to this art style, of which he is also known for. I guess I guess I have a guess. Uh, I'm going to abstain from this. <laughs> <laughs> so your clue makes me think of Dave Coulier makes me think of cut it out, which I guess would be collage. Or, or Does it make you think of uh, movie theaters? Of cutting it out? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, right. Uh, we won't go down that path. Um, you ought to know that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, col- collage or, or perhaps papier mâché, LT. Ooh, oh, Ooh, fancy. Ooh. All right. <laughs> well then. <laughs> uh, I would say collage. Yeah, collage. I was thinking that it was, got, got really into ventriloquism. <laughs> yeah, He's well, doing a lot of stuff with wood. Yeah, I could imagine Henri Matisse going... Wood. Well, the answer I'm looking for is cutouts. Yes. Basically, collage, more or less. He cut stuff out, pasted it together, doing second grade artwork. But it's it's a little impressive. That uh, that blue nude, that like classic. Every like college girl had that poster of just like the blue figure sitting with like their arm over their head. That's um, part of his later work and they're called cutouts. Collage is uh, not to be pedantic. I'm taking Jeff's place here, but um, <laughs> collage is actually like assembling many cutouts from other material like um, ephemera. So like newspapers and magazines and that kind of thing. And then like layering it into to make an, a separate artwork his was just like colored paper that he would cut out figures and things so it was like it was a creative process question two you'd have to be living in a bubble to not know that taylor swift song we're never getting back together was written about this hollywood leading man oh okay i got it yeah <laughs> uh-huh yeah oh <laughs> okay i'm in i yeah. really enjoy these questions by i want to see jeff <laughs> jeff very what do you, good. What do you oh, think i'm jeff? sure you do <laughs> Jeff, do you have a, uh, a guess on this? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think I'd... every everybody else is pretty pretty dialed in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm guessing. Please tell me it's the whoever was in Bubble Boy. Let's see. Um, Warmer. I, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember who was in that though. Yeah, don't. Is the answer to this question very mysterious? Uh, yeah, don't well, break your back. If you're going to tell me Mysterio, I'm going to guess that it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yep, yeah. the answer yeah. is Jake Gyllenhaal. Nice. Who among you four is the biggest Taylor Swift fan? Probably Neil. I'm no. going to remove myself no. from from contention. <laughs> no, I, I because you love her so much. I think I've only <laughs> listened to like two of her songs, so definitely not me. Oh. No, Ken has bad blood with her. So. Probably me then. I I do like her early music. Yeah, not bad. What's her She's name? Great. Swifthead's or what are her fans' name? Is that what you are, Matt? Swifties. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red is a wonderful album. Great album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah maybe. She I had makes nice, non-offensive pop. Not bad. 
Hmm. She gets a bad rap. She really does. And her documentary on Netflix, what was it? Do Miss you Americana. Miss it must Americana? be it must be it's really great. hard for her. <laughs> yeah. We should all feel bad for her. Okay. We'll move on to question three. This TGIF show was surprisingly not set in Dallas, but rather Port Washington, Wisconsin, and was seen as an updated Brady Bunch. Uh, I think the dream got broken, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love TGIF. That was so. I I think you know. I'm going to step back from this one because I clearly know it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love TGIF as well, Julian. I'm going to take a guess here, if you guys are okay with that. And yeah, that's fine. Okay. Step by step, maybe? That was my guess. Mm-hmm. Yes, starring Phil Duffy from Dallas. Uh, step mm. by step. Nice. Isn't it uh, Patrick Duffy? Yeah, I was going to say Patrick Duffy, right? Oh, yeah. Who's Phil Duffy? You're thinking Phil Duffy? <laughs> I was just Phil thinking. Phil Duffy's <laughs> his brother. Yeah, fair enough. I know what I'm doing. Or you might be Question. thinking of Philip Duffy, uh, Philip Duffy, who's the Woods Hole Research Center uh, affiliate, who has seven thousand nine hundred eighty-nine citations on climate. Yeah, that is correct. You're right. Obviously, that is what I was of course. Of. Yeah. Shout out to Doctor Phil Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> this is why usually I write my references in my notes, but then sometimes I don't, and then I mistake. So here we go. Question four. If Neil were to write an autobiography, he may call it The Man with the Upper Back Tattoo if he were following in the footsteps of this comedian who named her book The Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo. I know this one, so I will abstain. I don't know. Uh, yep, I got it. I have a guess, but it's not really based on too much. I'm going to guess um, Eliza Schlesinger just because she kind of does a lot of commentary on culture i guess um my only guess would be um amy schumer because that would make sense for me yeah well the answer is amy schumer so you're right yeah she's related to our senator chuck schumer mm-hmm. oh. they're cousins is that for real yeah no joke real. yeah oh, no man. joke yeah I no idea. She like campaigned with him at some point or appeared with him for some political thing or whatever yeah they're like Second cousins or something like that. Um, that was you, like I didn't realize Chris and Andrew Cuomo were related until like three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I, if you look at them next to each other, they both have like like mafia faces. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I can see that. They're both like big faced Italian guys with sad eyes, like Al Pacino. So done. <laughs> with sad eyes. There was a. They do. There was a great story with um, Amy Schumer. Uh, she just recently had a baby, and they um, she named the kid Gene. And mm-hmm. the last name is Fisher, and um, the middle name was named after Dave Attell as like kind of to honor Dave Attell because they're friends. So the name was Gene Attell Fisher, but they realized it sounded like genital, so they changed it to Gene David Fisher. Yeah, yeah and there was a lot of a, a lot of uh, theories floating around on Twitter that that was on purpose to just oh I'm sure be yeah. like jokey jokey, and that they didn't actually name him that. Got good headlines, like so. for real, for real. It did. It got a great headline. So yeah. yeah. And there hasn't been any headlines about naming babies since. Weird. All right. We can move on to question five. This dog breed never has to ask Santa for a little help in the speed department. as it is the fastest one in the world. Uh, I, I got to guess. Right. I got it. Yeah, I'm in. Yep. Shall, shall I answer the dog breed question? Sure. Yeah, it's the Alaskan Malamute, right? <laughs> I think it's. I think it's the Greyhound, yeah? 
I would think so too. Santa's little yeah. helper is a greyhound. Yeah, I think there's only two dog breeds they race, and it's whippets and greyhounds. And I think it's a greyhound. Yep, Ken picked up on it. Santa's little helper from The Simpsons is a greyhound. Greyhound is the fastest dog breed. Mm-hmm. So, according to greyhounds, or within the family of greyhounds, I know like the University of Southern Illinois are the Salukis. Is that just a type of mm-hmm. greyhound? Because that's a fast dog as well, right? Salukis have like that long, luxurious mm-hmm. hair too. They're the Fabio of greyhounds, right? Yes, the Fabio. But it creates of drag, right? Mm-hmm. It's a so they're drag, not that yeah. fast. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why everyone's always yeah. shaving Salukis. Yeah, the competitive <laughs> ones shave before every meet. Right, I and believe. then they do cupping and smoke weed and all that stuff. <laughs> Carbo load, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, uh, my five? Julia, you have the final five, I believe, right? I do, and I wrote the final five in the spirit of a traditional triviality final I'm, round. I'm so excited for okay. this. <laughs> Lauren knows the categories, but she has not. She doesn't I have, have the not questions. Heard the questions? No. Okay, so I'll give you the the categories. You know, you think about it, and then we will proceed. So our categories are always, thinks, ob, diva, and playtex. Mm. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet one million points all the way down. Oh yeah, that's good. I'm going to go conservative and say 500,000. I'm very familiar with these categories. He's got a whole closet just full of all of it. Mm-hmm. He's a very considerate man. I, I live by myself, so it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> For emergencies, you never know yeah. when a menstruating woman is going to show up at your house. Yeah. I do know when a menstruating woman is going to show up at my house, and the answer is never. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll I'll read them I'll read them through one time and then we'll come back to them and do everyone's answers like okay. normal. Okay. Question 1, always. In 2007, which American corporation replaced its long-running slogan always low prices always with save money, live better? Question 2, thinks. Originally composed as a lullaby with the name A Time for Tony, the 30-second song, formerly known as Think! Exclamation point, is better known as the main theme to what long-running television program? Question three, OB. Despite dying at the end of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope in 1977, Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi sure shows up in a lot of the series' films. According to George Lucas, Obi-Wan Kenobi's home planet is named for which comedian, quotidian journalist, and two-time host of the Oscars? I will accept either the planet name or the person's name. Question four, Diva. The VH1 Divas concerts aired annually from 1998 to 2004. The inaugural VH1 Divas show at New York's Beacon Theater featured five headliners, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Aretha Franklin, Gloria Estefan, and which best-selling female artist in country music history? And finally, question five, Playtex. Neil Armstrong's handmade, completely customized spacesuit, the first garment to touch the surface of the moon, was a product of the industrial division of the women's bra manufacturer, Playtex. All eight days, three hours, 18 minutes, and 35 seconds of Apollo 11's mission took place during which month and year? 
And then afterwards, he took off his spacesuit, and we just felt so relieved. <laughs> uh, I know what I know, and I know what I don't know, so I'm locked in. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Um, category one, always. In 2007, which American corporation replaced its long-running slogan, always low prices, always, with save money, live better? I'll start on that one. I think that is Walmart, maybe? I can confirm. That is Same. Walmart. That's what I said. Like around the, the time of the rollback price type deal, so it's been Walmart. Great job, everyone. It is Walmart. Um, and then the following year, 2008, they removed the hyphen from their logo and replaced the star with a spark symbol representing a sunburst or flower. Um, as of last year, Walmart is the world's largest company by revenue with $514.4 billion in 2019. It's also the largest yep. private employer in the world with 2.2 million employees. Man, capitalism is a cancer, right, guys? <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all right. Category two, thinks originally composed as a lullaby with the name A Time for Tony. The 30 second song formerly known as think exclamation point is better known as the main theme to what long running television program. I have no idea on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I got it. Frasier. Uh, I said a uh, big bang theory. Oh, that makes sense. I had no idea. I said the Sopranos. Uh, I'm going to say Jeopardy. Jeopardy. It's Jeopardy, isn't it? Oh. Mm. That makes perfect sense, the 30-second thing. And you said think exclamation point. So, yeah, I didn't have an answer, but Jeopardy sounds really good. Yes, the answer is Jeopardy. Uh, Nice Nice job. 
Um, so yeah, the song was written by Merv Griffin, who later estimated that the theme song alone has earned him royalties of over $70 million. Whoa. Yeah. It's, and, uh, the 32nd version has a tempo of 132 beats per minute so that exactly 30 seconds elapse between the start of the first note and the start of the last two timpani hits at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's in drop D. There we go. So I'm gonna look. There's got to be a metal Jeopardy cover on somewhere. I'm gonna find it immediately. All right, category three. O B. Despite dying at the end of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope in 1977, Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi sure shows up in a lot of the series' films. According to George Lucas, Obi Wan Kenobi's home planet is named for which comedian, quotidian journalist, and two-time host of the Oscars? I will accept either the planet name or the person's name. Yeah, I really. I know that. this one. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, I think it's his Twitter handle. I can't remember. I have no. I have no idea. I'm gonna say Bob Hope. What's that uh, term you said? Quotidian? Did we oh. lose Joel? Oh, she's frozen. She Uh-oh. looks like Han Solo in the Carbonite. <laughs> she's into the unknown. Oh, she's back. Okay. So, uh, did you guys have answers ready? Um, I my guess was Billy Crystal, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. true. I don't think he was um, a journalist. At least I don't think so. I mean, what do I know? <laughs> He does Apparently ev- nothing. <laughs> he does everything. Um, yeah, we, we mentioned a bunch of hosts. Um, you know, Neil Patrick Harris, Seth MacFarlane, but they've, I think, only hosted once. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres did twice. Um, and uh, Goldberg. Jeff... Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg uh, did a bunch. But Jeff was talking about the definition of quotidian. So maybe Jeff can enlighten us. Uh, yeah, I think that basically means daily. Um, but I was pretty sure I already knew the planet's name, which is Stujan. So I think it's John Get Stewart. Get out. Get out. Are you serious? It's called Stu John. Oh, yeah. When I heard that, I thought it was so stupid. I couldn't it's forget it. It's the stupidest it. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> All the points except, for Jeff. It's the stupidest uh, thing in Star so Wars, except for Jar Jar Binks. Except for all of it. <laughs> yeah, all of the stuff that was like retroactively added is so stupid. Um, by the way. Star Wars anymore. We can't decide that. Um, a little. No, the good news little... is I don't have to care. <laughs> A little trivia for y'all about OB, the um, the menstrual product. OB was designed by a, a gynecologist, and it is, I think, the only one in the market that does not have an applicator. Oh. So, not super popular. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No sport version of that one. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little extra flavor, apparently. At the Star Wars Celebration Convention in August 2010, the Daily Show host John Stewart asked George Lucas for the name of Obi-Wan Kenobi's planet, to which Lucas replied, Stu John. It has since been accepted as canon. Um, and also, the Shanghai nightclub shown in the beginning of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is called Club Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, George Lucas wrote them both, so it's a fun little yeah. nod for people who care. It's I wonder nice if, when you've run out of ideas and you're just like, what can I steal from myself? Yeah. I wonder if that's like anything George Lucas says is canon. So you could just like yell yeah. at him and whatever he says in response, you're like, oh, that's canon. <laughs> Write it down. Doesn't, Put it on the Wiki- I thought, uh, Wikipedia page. isn't in charge anymore of the canon. Not anymore. I think Kathleen Kennedy, technically, I guess, or Lucasfilm would be in charge of the canon now. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, category four, Diva. 
The VH1 Divas concerts aired annually from 1998 to 2004. The inaugural VH1 Divas show at New York's Beacon Theater featured five headliners, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Aretha Franklin, Gloria Estefan, and which best-selling female artist in country music history? I've got this one, so I'm going to step back. Me too. That was the only one I knew. I'm torn between uh, two figures, one of which had a sitcom and one of which uh, is more known for uh, country music and, uh, I guess, a theme park. Right? Oh, that's oh. interesting oh. where you're at so over there. Mm-hmm. Let's say uh, Dolly Parton, I guess. So what was your other thought, uh, Reba McIntyre, Ken? Reba. Yeah. Reba. That's not a... That's a that's a good one. I don't know this one for sure, so I'll just steal your Reba. I'm gonna I'm gonna join uh, LT here, and I I think she would agree with me that those answers don't impress us that much. No, they ah, do not. They're no Brad Pitt, that's for sure. That's right. <laughs> I think we we're going uh, Shania, right? Mm-hmm. LT, yeah, yeah. You two are correct. It is Woo. Shania Twain. Although Reba should have made it because well, sure, Reba is a diva I mean, in her own yeah. right. Reba. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shania Twain's third studio album, Come On Over from 1997, is the best selling studio album of all time by a female act in any genre and the best selling country album of all time. Oh, wow. The facts about her are so astounding. It's really cool. Like, yeah. when, like I just never realized just the accomplishments of the those few albums of, of hers and how mm-hmm. uh, prolific they were. Yeah, she was also the first um, female artist in history to have three consecutive albums certified diamond by the RIAA. Wow. Which is amazing. Uh, Jewel, you and I, next time we do karaoke, should do fancy. Oh, you, you know, I, everybody loves a seven and a half minute long song <laughs> about uh, um, uh, about a mother asking her daughter to go into prostitution. It's really yep. and then burning a house down something. But it's great. That's what it reminds me of rock band or a guitar hero. I can never remember. I would sing foreplay long time. And it's funny because when you're like in a groove of people performing, it gets to that song and you have to wait like three minutes and you just kind of stand there like waiting for the lyrics to come in. (laughs) It's just really awkward. And finally, our last category, Playtex. Neil Armstrong's handmade, completely customized spacesuit, the first garment to touch the surface of the moon, was a product of the industrial division of the woman's bra manufacturer, Playtex. All eight days, three hours, 18 minutes, and 35 seconds of Apollo 11's mission took place during which month and year? I have no idea. I know. Yeah, I actually, it. this is not good for me. Um, but I'm going to say October of 67. I thought it was earlier. Yeah, probably. I thought it was uh, I, my thought. I thought it was sixty-one, and I was thinking April, but I might be completely off. But I know. Yeah, it was pre um, JFK assassination, I think. Right, and I think he died mm-hmm. in sixty-three. So yeah, I'm with Matt. I think it's sixty-one, <laughs> but I, I have no <laughs> idea what month it would be. Yeah, Jeff, you have an idea? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the moon landing was July twentieth, nineteen sixty-nine. So I was going to wow. say July sixty-nine. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Because they celebrated the 50th last year. Yeah, exactly. I, when, when I was working at the Science Museum, we had a whole like thing planned that never happened because it was a terrible museum. But um, <laughs> yeah, July 1969. July 1969 is the answer. Yes, that uh, is when that is the moon landing. So yeah, it was kind of in my mind because I knew it, it, You know, we had the big anniversary last year. 
But quick, I want to give you some more details about these Playtex spacesuits. So whenever they were trying to plan the, all of these missions, what astronauts would wear was actually one of the underrated technical challenges of going to the moon. So the suits had to be inflated and pressurized from the inside. They also had to be tough, be able to withstand a temperature range of about 500 degrees fluctuating either way, as well as survive being hit by a micrometeorite going 36,000 miles per hour while the astronauts were wearing them. So, you know, no big deal. Um, the suits had to be flexible and the gloves should allow for an astronaut to be able to pick up a dime. So they had to be like, you had to be able to still have dexterity in them. And the team from Playtex, which was a group of skilled seamstresses and engineers convinced NASA to let them enter their test suit in a closed invitation only bid at their own expense. And they spent six weeks working around the clock, arriving at a suit solution that vastly outperformed the other two competitors. And that same division of Playtex is now the independent company ILC Dover, which still makes every NASA spacesuit. Wow. That's fascinating. Cool. Uh, we also have a, a an episode about the Apollo program. Uh, I don't know if any of your listeners are interested in that, but uh, I'm looking it up right now and my computer's being very slow. So I don't remember what episode number it is, but um, it's about the Apollo program. <laughs> and what's your podcast called again? Oh, it's called uh, Misinformation, a trivia podcast with Lauren and Julia. There you go. Check yeah, out there you go. Misinformation. Check out misinformation. Matt, so one I, of our earlier ones. That would be episode four, Project Apollo or Dads in Space. Is that correct? Uh, yes, it is Project Apollo or Dads in Space, episode four. Yeah, it's an early one, so our sound isn't amazing, but but the content is. So who won today? Everybody. The I think we all won. We all the won. Listeners won. We all. Everyone needs is one. the friendship we made along the way. Exactly. Everyone needs a win, right? We need yeah. just we like Frodo and Sam, right? Oh. Right, Neil. That's right. They they uh they had the sting. They both won. It was a consensual stab. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank yeah, you. That's Actually, exactly how Lord of the Rings went. Sam does wield sting as well at one point. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, thank you both for joining us. As always, we love having you here. Um, where where can people know where you're at? But if they don't, where can they find you quickly? Um, we are available anywhere you get podcasts. Um, we're also on Twitter at MissInfoPod. We have a Facebook page, Misinformation and Trivia Podcast, and um, we're generally we're generally available. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing? You know. <laughs> so yeah, please listen to our podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, the reviews are important. And rate, review, and subscribe Triviality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, thank you. Um, Matt, uh, we've been uh, getting a lot more people on the crop. We almost have 1,000 people, which is pretty crazy, which and it's awesome. Mm, so thank awesome. you, everyone, for interacting over there. Um, and uh, speaking of reviews, though, Matt, we're almost at, what, 200? Reviews? We have, we're almost at 300. Almost we have like at 300. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And um, almost most of them are even good. Yeah, there you go. Thank you to all those people. That's all we can ask for. Um, No thank you to those with one star. (laughs) Well, um, why bother? You know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, Well, um, if if you'd like to check out misinformation, they just told you where you can find them. They also have a a PayPal if you'd like to donate to them to to keep them going. Uh, And along with that, we have a Patreon. You can support us over there uh, for extra content at patreon.com slash triviality podcast where there are i think a couple different um extra programs where we hang out with julia and lauren and and have fun and play games so you can hear that over there 
Um, but yeah, uh, thank you very much for joining us here in Akron, Ohio at this Airbnb littered with <laughs> cat hair and, and dander. Um, mm-hmm. for, uh, for Jeff, Ken, Matt, Julia, Lauren, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. 